You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 94. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the Gorilla King himself. Oh, Not for- Gorilla Man, Gorilla King, Christian at ISO Christian on Twitter. Christian, how are you? doing well happy wednesday guys yes uh christian we are joined by a guest host this week the man who's trying to escape from tarkov at gilbo biggins on twitter gage how are you i am doing so well man thank you for having me i'm uh i'm I'm pumped to be here yes absolutely we're glad to have you and uh roro may join us in a little bit uh via phone so this will be fun uh (laughs) Thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Just search podcast PXN and you will find us on there as well as twitch.tv slash podcast PXN as well. The topic of the show this week, guys, is the news on some uh, on some exciting stuff about the Nintendo Switch OLED model because Daniel forgot to change that line that he's always forgetting to change. But first, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week, so let's go ahead and, and jump right in. What, Christian? Speaking of Ro. He joined. He joined. Roro, you joined. Hi. Perfect timing. <laughs> Can you can you hear me okay still? Yes. <laughs> okay, great. I'm uh, still I'm still at work actually. Oh so no. There's going to be a point where I'm going to have to stop talking, but I'll let you know. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I wanted to join as soon as possible. All right. Sounds nice. good. All right. Roro secretly joining us from work. Yes. Uh, yes. The, the first great item. man. Yeah. The He's first, hiding out in the fitting room. <laughs> The first item on the PXN News of the Week, guys, is PlayStation has acquired Nixus, a Dutch game studio that specializes in porting games to PC. Uh, this happened right after the episode last week, pretty much, and uh, it joins, um, obviously, uh, Housemark that just joined PlayStation Studios last week. We still haven't gotten confirmation about Bluepoint yet, but... This is a very interesting one. Uh, obviously, it kind of makes me, and I, I'm not sure what you guys think yet, but uh, it kind of makes me think that we're going to get more PC ports of a lot of PlayStation games. Um, the fact that they're acquiring a developer that's well-known for uh, PC ports. Uh, Christian, does this get you excited about that possibility, or are you thinking something different by this? Yeah, I think it's very cool to get uh, PlayStation first-party studios into, like, more players' hands, specifically people who maybe only play PC. Um, I don't think it's quite as prominent, obviously, as what Xbox is doing with like Game Pass on uh, Windows, but it is a step in that direction. Um, and yeah, all, all it, it's all pointing to more first-party studio titles coming to PC. I don't think it'll be uh, right at launch, but it'll be some of like the other games. Maybe maybe we'll see Last of Us Part Two come to PC after launch at some point yeah yeah uh roro or gage do you guys have thoughts um this is actually uh this is awesome for somebody like me because right now i only have uh, a pc i've been waiting to get the ps5 once it becomes readily available 
And uh, I've been tooting the horn that uh, not only is bringing, like Christian said, bringing uh, PlayStation games to the hands of more players, just a, an objectively, you know, net positive because more people love the franchise that you love already. But um, you also have uh, things like Days Gone where that came to PC and it performed just significantly better than the console version. And not only that, but it was a it was a way better quality port than it had any business being. Um, I don't know if you guys are PC guys or play on PC, but the settings and uh, the graphic options that you could set on the fly and the uh, analytics it gave you was absolutely insane. So the fact that PlayStation is getting a dedicated studio to handle that for them while the actual um, dev studio can focus on games, that's nothing but good news to me. I absolutely love this. Yeah. Bro, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty much in the same boat as everybody else here. I think that it's obviously good good news that they can get a studio to kind of focus on this stuff, as Gage, as uh, Gilbo Biggins was saying just now. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that they could focus on different aspects of uh, their first-party stuff. So potentially in the future, Naughty Dog doesn't have to work on a remake. Someone else can instead of like, situations like that. Um, but yeah, I think it's great. I, I would love Ghost of Tsushima to come on uh, on PC so so uh, everyone here can play it because it's really good. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's good news, and I think that's what they're that's what they're working on uh, with this studio. I see Christian's look on his face when you said that. <laughs> no, 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 that's not that's not what that was for. I was oh, just, okay. I was thinking about I was thinking about Avengers and and wondering um, how that team did porting it over to PC. I don't know if you guys are Avengers players at all. I think. I think Dan, you you toyed around with it, if I remember right. I I played the but, demo, but uh, I think oh, okay. Bro played the. I played uh, it on PC. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the best uh, best example though, because my laptop doesn't run everything the best. Mm. But uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great on PC. <laughs> but I think that okay. that even happened to to people who have better rigs than I do. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut is coming, and uh, it's coming to PS5 and PS4. I was kind of curious about this. Uh, so the Director's Cut, it comes with an uh, Iki Island expansion, uh, adaptive trigger support, and haptic feedback on PS5, Japanese VO lip sync, more Legends content, which is, I think, their multiplayer uh, mode, uh, new trophies, and monkeys. Um, I was curious what your guys' thought was about the upgrade process for this. So on PS4, it's $19.99 to upgrade your normal version of Ghost of Tsushima to the Director's Cut, and it's $29.99 to upgrade to the PS5 version. So I'm curious, do you guys think that that those prices are attractive for this offering? Personally, I see this, and I'm like, I don't know... I don't know if the, and obviously I'm not a great spokesman for this because I've barely played the the actual base game, but it feels to me like they're trying to re-release the game and charge money for it. In which we've talked about this on this podcast before that I can't stand when people do that. However, they are offering additional content like this island expansion, but I'm not sure like what the uh, extent of that expansion is. I don't know if anyone else has more. Um, more knowledge of that uh christian i know you're you're not a huge fan of ghost of tsushima but uh what were your i guess initial thoughts from this um i I think as always the pricing like 
upgrade paths are always super confusing with PlayStation initially, especially when it comes out on the blog, because there are just too, too many names they throw out. Um, and like a, a nice graphic would be nice whenever something like this happens, just to make it visually easier for players. Um, that said, like once you actually break it down, it, it isn't too confusing. It's a ten dollar upgrade, right? If you want to play it on PS5 from PS4, and then you're paying twenty extra bucks essentially for the DLC. Um, I don't know how big Iki Island is going to be in terms of like narrative content, um, but it seems to be like kind of uh, equating it to uh, almost similar to like a Miles Morales compared to the Spider-Man game, which was sizable content. And if you're if you're a fan of Ghost and you're looking forward to playing more of that game, then twenty dollars doesn't seem like that much, I guess, uh, to pay for an upgrade. Thirty might be you know a a, a bit steeper. But if you're willing to pay it for the, uh, you know, additional content you're getting on PS5, like the haptic feedbacks and adaptive trigger- triggers, that may be something you're interested in. Yeah, I think uh, I had wrong information maybe on that. Oh, d- if you buy Director's Cut PS4, you get the Director's Cut PS5 for 10 bucks. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so if you have the base version of Ghost of Tsushima, it's $20 upgrade on PS5. Wait. Now I'm even more confused. No, thirty dollars. This, is, it's this yeah. is the problem yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gage, Gage, what were your thoughts on this? So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean into it maybe a little bit too deep. But my, my issue with this is that I think this is a symptom of what's to come because uh, obviously Jim Ryan took over uh, from Sean Layden, I think in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't seen the ripples effects of that because games like The Last of Us Part Two and Days Gone and uh, even Ghost of Tsushima probably, and maybe even Ratchet and Clank, those were all probably greenlit under you know Sean Layden's tenure. Mm-hmm. So now we're starting to see a PlayStation that's run by somebody who seems to be very business first and consumer second, which is unfortunate. Like I was just praising Sony about the the uh, the studio acquisition for their PC porting, but. This is the type of stuff where if you look at it to their direct com- uh, to their direct competitor Xbox with their smart delivery system, they don't you know they don't mess around with any of that stuff. If you buy the game and if you bought the game in Xbox One edition and you put it into an Xbox Series X, it's going to recognize that you're on a Series X and it's going to give you that performance uh, fidelity whatever upgrades for free instantly. So this this is worrying. This this is what I think Jim Ryan's playstation is going to look like it's going to look like if you want the best version of it you're going to have to pay for it and some people can justify that that's fine but it's it's a tough sell for me personally when if you bought the hardware and you have to pay to actually use the hardware to its full extent it's not just the default option which i think is what kind of bothers me the most about that yeah i agree kind of feels like just they're just filling the library right they're just with so many late adopters I'm, i'm just speaking out of my butt, I guess, at this point. But uh, there, there are tons of people who don't have PS5s yet who, who want one. And this just feels like filling that kind of catalog of games ready to go once you get your PS5 that you might have missed right. at the end of the PS4. For sure. Uh, Ro, uh, I know you are a big fan of Ghost of Tsushima. Does this <laughs> news have you excited at all for a director's cut? Yeah, I'm definitely excited for the the DLC, the EP Island stuff. I definitely want to try that out when it arrives. Um yeah, it's 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 definitely a weird topic with when it's okay to pay for the extra content and when it, it feels a little bit weird and kind of money-grubby. I'm not too offended by this one. 
what Gage was saying about how Xbox FPS boosts and all those stuff is is like free with Xbox, and I think that's awesome. And I mean, you guys can correct me; I'm wrong because I think you guys are a bit more educated on the Xbox side of things. As do they have to develop that kind of stuff, or is that just automatic? Is that just so, like uh, is that already in the system when they so, port it over? Like, how much work goes into those sort of upgrades as opposed I, I, to? I think smart delivery. There. I think smart delivery for new games is built in, like for first party mm-hmm. stuff. I know the FPS boost; they're going back and they are okay. sort of touching up older games, and they do have to develop that. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Dan. Yeah, no. Um, but I just, I just want to point out too. Um, my specific beef with this is not paying for the story content; is the fact that the ten dollar surcharge to right. actually run the game on PS5. At, at its full specs on PS5. That's oh, okay. the part that I have issue with. Yeah, the twenty dollars for expansion content totally cool with yeah but if you have the director's cut on ps4 and you put that disc into a ps5 it's going to purposefully run it at the ps4 settings unless you give them ten dollars okay yeah yeah okay see i I was confused about that too (laughs) okay so yeah things like that do upset me too so it's it i just don't i don't understand it because other companies do it and, and give it away for free but at the same time, I'm I'm, at, I'm I'm of the mind that they did work on this and they did put man hours into this. So if they want to charge a certain amount for it, I I don't get too angry about it. It's just it always depends on what the amount is. For and sure. for me, the ten dollars isn't is something that I'm willing to pay for those those particular upgrades. And for me, because for I am a fan of the game. But yeah, for sure that the ten dollar upgrade is nowhere near the worst uh, <laughs> upgrade path we've ever gotten. We've gotten some real bad ones. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's that's not terrible. But yeah, like Gage said, it is kind of upsetting yeah. that your direct competition is offering something that Doing gives you exactly. yeah for yeah. free. But yeah, I I do want to add. I have no idea why they're calling these things director's cut. Maybe with Death Stranding it makes sense since Kojima had like other stuff he wanted to include in it, yeah. but. <laughs> There's no like different cut of the narrative of this game. I don't know why that naming convention is a thing, but yeah, yeah. If you want to read more on that, there's a great article by the Gamer, uh, all about the director's cut. That's goes into that naming convention. That was really interesting. Cool. Uh, moving on, guys. Uh, there's a new state of play that's been announced, and it's coming tomorrow actually, uh, and it's getting a Deathloop deep dive of gameplay, which is exciting. And also, we're getting some updates on indies as well as third-party games as well. Uh, do you guys are you guys excited about Deathloop? I'm I'm pretty excited about it, but I'm kind of I think we've talked about this before. I'm kind of like, let's just wait. I'll wait for Game Pass when it comes out. You know, six months later uh, after the exclusivity is over, and I'll play it there. But uh, are you guys exp- excited about this state of play tomorrow? Weirdly, I'm not, and it's mostly because I one, I I'm already sold on Deathloop. I don't need to see it anymore. Two, I'm, I'll probably play it on Game Pass. But three, also, like, I'm sure tons of the indies shown here uh, might be on Game Pass. And we've also got the whole debacle of uh, PlayStation not supporting indies on their platforms as well. So it's like, this, I, I, it just feels like very weird timing. I, I, I'll still watch, of course, but yeah. no, I'm not overly excited. Uh, Gage, do you think we'll see anything big come out of this, like third party wise? Like, I know we got a few, uh, was it two years ago, one year ago, whenever that was, the Hogwarts uh, Legacy, I think is what it's called, the Harry Potter game. Do you think we'll get an update on that since they uh, put also third party games in here? Or do you think this will kind of be a low key event besides Deathloop? 
Yeah, see this is this is the strange thing and it kind of it kind of goes back to my point of this is a new era of PlayStation. This is Jim Ryan's PlayStation is that we kind of have to re sort of learn the tactics and 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 the strategies of PlayStation because they're doing things totally different this year. I mean, last year uh they didn't attend E3 but they had their own equivalent and this year, you know, we're past E3 and there's been no announcement of any sort of equivalent. So it's a really weird year to try and predict what PlayStation is doing because, like I said, Jim Jim Ryan's PlayStation is like totally different from Sean Layden. So, I I would like to hope so that there's some sort of you know wow moment with a third party game. But quite honestly, I'm kind of I kind of agree with Christian where like the hype, especially surrounding the whole indie dev thing, like the PlayStation, it's got an optics issue this past year. Like it's and. I can trace it back to what I think is the reason, and that's because they're ahead. They're dominating the competition. They don't need to play fair with everyone, right? That's they're ahead by so much. So you're seeing this sort of very cocky, overconfident PlayStation, but it's it seems like it's trickling down and affecting smaller devs a lot worse. And and in my opinion, I know you guys said you don't mind the ten dollar charge, but like it's kind of I'm seeing the I'm seeing the ripple effect of that. Um, um no pun intended for a later story but uh uh yeah no i i'd like to i'd like to think so but i don't i don't think so i don't think we'll get any sort of big wow moment i think they're going to show exactly what they said and uh i would be remiss if i didn't point out that guys we're we're going to watch a state of play that's fo- centered around a playstation exclusive developed by xbox what yeah. what <laughs> yeah. you know what is going on just interrupting real quick i'll be right back right. i can't talk for a second okay all right uh yeah, I totally, I totally agree. That is such a weird thing that Xbox is developing a first-party uh, game. It is getting its own but, state of play. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I went through just now and I looked up some of the possible indies that we may see that are PlayStation exclusives tomorrow. Yeah, you guys mind if I run you through yeah. that list of games real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we might get some more information on uh, Sable. Maybe a closer look at Kina Bridges Spirits. Of course, uh, Solar Ash, maybe Ghostwire Tokyo makes an appearance. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's that stray game we saw, I think, a year ago at this point. Yes. The game about the cat. We've got Little Devil Inside, and then as well as Jet the Far Shore. So, I mean, a, a, a lot of those games are on my radar in terms of games that I'm like excited to learn more about and play. So, who knows? Maybe it, it might be an exciting um, showcase after all, but yeah. We'll right. Now that, now that you mention it, I would be shocked if they didn't... Um mentioned stray because yeah they announced that and again it was just a cinematic but that was one that strangely enough immediately ca- uh caught my attention and i completely forgot about it because they haven't mentioned a word of it since so yeah i would like to get an update on that i think and some of the like uh kind of bridge of spirits as well like there are some games that i'd like to see updates on but i'm not holding that hope my hype levels are pretty low <laughs> yeah yeah put low hype on it and then uh they can deliver a high excitement if they have something cool to show but a lot of people have been excited to see more Kenna, so I think that would be cool to see. It looks it looks gorgeous. Yes, it does. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Um, moving on, Microsoft Flight Simulator guys is getting a big frame rate boost in Sim Update Five. I thought this was very fascinating because uh, Asobo, uh, who's the developer for this game, they said that they have rewritten a lot of the parts of the engine in order to get the maximum performance from the sim and the minimum resources from memory. Uh, so this was 
kind of a cool thing because uh, obviously when this game launched, a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, it looks so good. But then also at the same time, like the system requirements for it were just insane. And like people struggled uh, in terms of performance on lower end machines. So this is a really cool update that they did that uh, essentially it's doubling your frame rate pretty much wherever you were before. So like if you were struggling to stay at 30 frames per second, for instance, before uh, that will jump up to like 60 frames per second, which is insane. Uh, so I, I thought that was kind of a really cool story. And uh, my, I think this is actually, I think they actually did say that this is a direct result of them porting it to Xbox Series X as well, because obviously they had to get the most that they could get out, out of that console. And it's not a, you know, it's not the top end PC market. So obviously they had to make optimizations for that. So I feel like that kind of helped them uh, do some of this stuff to, to make this available to more people. So I think that's really cool. Um, are, are these improvements also, um, are we seeing this on the Series X and S as well? Or yes. this is just PC? Okay, gotcha. Correct. Yep. Uh, do we do we know what uh, what engine that game runs on? Is it proprietary or is it Unity or Unreal or? Uh, I think it's proprietary by Asobo, right. uh, I believe. I don't know that off the top of my head, actually. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I wouldn't expect you to. I just didn't know, you know, shot in the dark if anybody did. But yeah, for whatever reason, I, I always had it in my head that it ran on Unity, which is why it didn't perform well. But um no, it's awesome that, yeah, like you said, they're making optimizations for the Series X, and then sometimes that can just lead to a breakthrough on, you know, oh, this is how we can improve in performance on PC. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. So it uses its own in-house graphics and physics engine while it uses Microsoft Azure for uh, the map data from the world. So Right. Interesting. Two petabytes of world map data. <laughs> that's insane. Oh, my God. Insane. <laughs> Oh, imagine if you have a uh, a data cap and you play that game. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. Uh, moving on. Which, got, oh, sorry. Got, no, unfortunately, I do have a data cap, but I, I, I want to oh. get into Flight Simulator so bad. What What is your data cap, if you don't mind, I ask? Uh, is it, uh, I guess, 1,000 gigs, I think, is what it is, per month? So, like, a ter- terabyte. Okay. A terabyte, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I gotta That's be not horrible. It. That's no, not horrible. But yeah. It could be better. It could have no, oh, no for data sure. cap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no data cap here. <laughs> wow. uh, but I think that's a product of where I live uh, in the middle of, you know, middle, I don't know, what do you call this? Mid, Mid-East. I don't know how else to put that. Middle of the U.S. and the eastern side. I don't whatever anyways <laughs> moving moving on to the next news story uh there's a rumor right now microsoft and hideo kojima has signed a letter of intent for his next game uh i thought this was just out of nowhere because uh there's been a lot of rumors with kojima and silent hill as <laughs> christian is probably like crying right now like no don't do it. I want Silent Hill. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the rumor is that uh, both sides are interested to work together if the criteria is met. Uh, no indication whether Microsoft will invest in Kojima Productions or not. And the project is cloud-based, and apparently the deal is unlikely to fall apart. So it sounds like this might be a, a done deal if this is true. Uh, it's just a matter of like figuring out what you know, the, the business part of it, I guess, and what the game ends up being. But the fact that it's cloud-based is interesting to me because 
Does that mean that they're going to try to release a xCloud exclusive? Because I hope that's not what that means. I hope that when they say it's cloud-based, I don't know what they mean by that. But I hope it yeah. means more so like Microsoft Flight Simulator, you know, cloud-based where they're pulling in map data, like that kind of cloud-based where they're just right. using the cloud to supplement their game and not like be a xCloud exclusive. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this? Uh, I'm definitely leaning. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, please, please. Um, yeah, I'm definitely leaning towards what you just said. I think Hideo Kojima is involved. I could see this being some sort of like really photorealistic um, sort of jaw-dropping game that, uh, like you said, is pulling from the system hardware and then also using the cloud to do a lot of the heavy lifting. There was a battle royale. Um, I I can't remember what it was called because it turned out to be a giant scam, and it was kind of obvious that it would be, but. There was this battle royale like, that was a couple years, um, maybe five or six years ago, that was promising to have like a thousand players in a match, and their whole pitch was, "We're using cloud to do that. Your console is only going to do so much of the work." And then, um, obviously, they probably couldn't handle it. I think it was a, it was a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe or something like that. But I mean, Microsoft does have that technology; they have that know-how. So, if I had to guess, it's probably going to be an extremely, uh, you know, uh, graphically impressive game that uses cloud to supplement the actual game. I don't think it's going to be a cloud exclusive, if I had to guess. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Christian? Yeah, the, I mean, there's a small part of me that's worried with, specifically in um, the post, uh, both sides are interested to work together if the criteria is met. Like, that, to me, just feels like precarious in in that uh, who knows like maybe you know kojima's project is is too ambitious and um xbox feels like it it, it might be too too pricey of, of a of a project to work on and then kojima backs out or kojima isn't feeling like he's getting the creative freedom um in in the space to do what he wants to do and then he backs out um i hope that won't be the case it's, it's cool to get kojima projects for, like doesn't matter where we get them just let that man create um, so I hope we, it does come to fruition. My also, my next worry is also that you know, if it is cloud based, is it streaming only? I have a lot of friends who don't have the greatest internet, or you know, aren't in the U.S. So a lot of European countries don't have the greatest of internets. Um, you know, thinking of of, of Italy and, and Denmark and so forth. Um, what'll it be like to for them to play these games? I'm not sure, and that's a little bit of a bummer. So we'll have to wait and see. For sure. Right. And and that's and that's the thing is that that would affect them even if this isn't a full uh, cloud streaming game, right? Like if it is something like Dan and I was saying, where it's a half and half, uh, that would still affect that would still right. negatively impact those countries. So uh, it is important to yeah to get more details on that and see what they're actually doing. And uh, I do just want to um, reiterate a point. This is something that I, I've said on my show a bunch, but it's it's cool to see Microsoft fighting back against Sony the only way they can. They don't. Uh, I love Xbox. Dan, as you know, we talked about Halo for two hours. I'm a big Halo guy. <laughs> um, but Xbox doesn't have the talent that Sony has. I think that's pretty. That's a pretty you know safe uh, argument to make. But what they do have is way more capital. So they're they're going around. They're buying Bethesda. They're they're getting in bed with Kojima, who is famously you know a PlayStation uh, dev. You know he's somebody who has close ties to them. So I I think it's it's cool to see an aggressive xbox and they're again fighting the only way they can which is that you know we don't have the talent but we've got the money and we're gonna you know try and uh, get some things going so i i think it's uh i think it's pretty exciting and it's it's a huge get for xbox if this follows through if there is a 
Xbox exclusive game that has Kojima on the box art, like on the box art, like that's gonna be, it's gonna be a pretty, uh, a pretty big water stain for uh, PlayStation. I think Jim Ryan will feel that one. <laughs> Jim Ryan will directly feel that in his heart. Yeah, suck it, Jim Ryan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, moving on, guys, to the next story. An Unreal Engine 5 tech presentation is apparently coming from the Coalition at GDC this year. So uh, this is very cool. Obviously, Gears of War was pretty much the original showpiece that Epic Games had for the Unreal Engine. So it's kind of cool to kind of come to uh, to a foothold or whatever you want to call it uh, to where you know now Gears of War is once again showcasing what the engine can do with possibly something uh, something early in regards to Gears of War 6 obviously it's not going to be probably directly you know Gears of War 6 related but it's going to give you an idea of like what kinds of things they're going to do for Gears 6 um, so I thought it was cool. They uh, they said the the coalition will cover some preliminary findings on next gen character creation and meta humans in- integration, demoing a next generation character test running on Xbox Series X. So uh, obviously, Epic Games meta human uh, uh, creator, whatever you want to call it, the character creator, where you have these crazy realistic characters. So uh, I'm very fascinated to see what this looks like and. Uh, and see what kind of power Unreal Engine 5 can show us with Gears. So, I'm I love to see this come full circle, because I remember as a kid, uh, you mentioned that uh, Gears of War was like the first uh, showcase for Unreal. I remember watching on YouTube like a 360p video of... <laughs> it, it was that showcase where they were walking around, they had this giant sphere that was like reflective, and they were sort of walking around and they're doing a showcase for unreal engine i remember being like this is pardon the pun unreal my you know <laughs> nine-year-old ten-year-old brain whatever it was i was just like this is this is impossible so it's, it's cool to see that the coalition is 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 making a, a unreal engine uh uh demo because they they like you said they were the first to do it so Dude, did you guys see the unreal engine 5 video that came out like a, a week or two ago it was on twitter uh, I've just found it uh, Archviz realism. It was the video uh, of someone like sh- it looked like a, a house. Well, I thought it was a real house, and then he <laughs> walked through the curtains and he was clipping through the curtains. And it's one of the most bizarre videos I've ever seen. Like games are gonna be so scary. <laughs> We're getting close wait. to Uncanny Valley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna share this in Discord just for you guys to watch later. Yes. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that. I would. I'd like to take a look at that. I haven't either. Ro, uh, it looks like you've rejoined us. What yes. Are, <laughs> are you excited to see some Unreal Five? I am. Like, especially from the the Coalition guys. I remember us talking about them a while ago when they said Gear Six may be a while's away, and me saying that's okay because what they showed for Hive Busters, I remember us being really impressed with how visually amazing that was so yes. them being able to take their time with whatever gear six is going to be is going to be amazing but it's exciting to see that we're going to get a little bit of a taste of that with this little uh, demo that they're cooking up for the unreal engine 5 so yeah, yeah definitely excited for for that especially with how far away we are we still are from gear six because they they obviously just recently said that they're you know building gear six you know still early in development because they're transitioning to unreal engine five so it will be cool to kind of get a little taste um for a little to kind of hold us over a little bit 
But and, and bouncing off of what Christian was saying with how games are kind of getting scary with how real they are, <laughs> I remember seeing like a meta human video, and those are the ones that freak me out the most. Where I, this guy was just explaining what he was. Like he's a meta human, and he was just like telling oh, no. me all the technologies of it. And I was like, "This guy looks real." And then he would like lose an eye, and I was like, "Oh, he's not." Oh, <laughs> it's just, it's gosh. just so, it's so crazy how far technology has come, and, and some might say too far. Terminator coming. To <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't, I don't need my game characters to look any better than The Last of Us Part Two. Like that's good. If you, like you said, if you get, if you get to that uncanny valley point where it's like, is this a real human or not? Uh, I know that just I know the viewers at home can't see it, but I can, I can see the the thumbnail of that video you just shared. Like that's a real apartment. I don't care what what anyone says. That's that's a real it's, apartment. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, moving on, guys. Uh, rumor again: the next Dead Space game will be a full remake using the original game as a foundation. I am freaking excited for this. Let's go. Uh, it will be a full remake using the original game and likely will add new elements as well. Venture Beat mentions that Capcom uh, Capcom's success with Resident Evil 2 remake is an example for EA to go forward with the project. I am excited. <laughs> this the more we hear about this rumor, uh, the more I'm just excited and ready for EA's uh, EA Play event this month. So yes, give me give me Dead Space. Do you think we'll see it in action? I, I think At we'll all? see something. I I don't know if we'll see it in. Hmm. I don't know if we'll see like it in some action. kind of cinematic. Yes, I think some okay. kind of cinematic. Yeah. I oh I don't I don't think it'd be beyond the realm to see a, a small vertical slice because if it's a remake, yeah, they already know what the game is. Sure. I could I could see them throwing together a vertical slice that may I mean it's EA that may or may not be representative of what the final game looks like. But uh, yeah, I think Cinemax is a safe bet. I, I I'd hope for some sort of vertical slice of gameplay, but who knows? And I was between uh, two minds because I know people were talking on Twitter, but like, should we support this? Like, they ran that team into the ground and then yeah, you know true. closed that studio. Visceral. Um, and yeah, and yet the yeah, thank you, Visceral. And yet at the same time, I I desperately want this. Dead Space One was like so amazing. I'm ready to have night terrors again. I mean, I'm not, but I am. Yes, Roro's yeah. definitely wanting some night terrors. Oh yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> yeah, this is something that I'm excited for you guys. I may touch it, but. I'm I'm just proud of myself this weekend that I watched a horror movie by myself for the first time, oh. and at the same time, that's sad that I watched a movie by myself. But at the same time, I did it. I, I was able to sit through a horror movie without the help of someone. You know, I, I'm proud of myself. So the next step is games. So maybe Dead Space is the one. Yeah. What, what horror movie was it? It was the one that I was talking to you about in the in chat. It was the. Uh, Fear Street, 1994. Oh, so it wasn't that right. scary. Nice wasn't that scary but i'm so proud of myself making progress man yeah exactly <laughs> um guys i'm gonna combine these next two stories because we are already running long so i'm just gonna you know run through this one rockstar co-founder dan hauser has apparently started a new a new studio called absurd ventures and games what a name first off uh but uh it's kind of this sort of ties in uh also many sources have corroborated that grand theft auto 6 is coming 2024 to 2025 and we got some info that 
goes along with it as well that got me very excited and i'm sure some of you as well uh it's apparently set in modern day with an evolving map that is apparently vice city returning to vice city with multiple protagonists and uh i think that i read some information as well that there's going to be three at least three protagonists and one would be a female uh lead as well for the first time for rockstar which Man, this sounds freaking awesome. I love Vice City, and I want to go back. And Dan Hauser creating a new studio as well is very cool, and I'm very intrigued to see what he does because, uh, obviously, Rockstar's killing it. Uh, but what did, what did you guys think of this news? My immediate thought was cancel it and make Red Dead Redemption 3 with Sadie as the protagonist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. Oh, wait, wait. I'll, I'll raise like you one idea. better. Two, pr- two protagonists, Sadie and Charles. All right, Sadie and Charles, that's the team I want. Oh, that is nice. better. That is better. You can switch between the two, and they're off doing their own thing, and then they meet up halfway through the game. Uh, yeah, yeah, do it. I want it. <laughs> uh, I kid, though. I, I'm excited for Grand Theft Auto. Like, uh, well, I'm not excited as I would be for Red Dead 3, but, like, I, I get it. Different, different teams, I know. But, yeah, sure, I, I, I'm, I'm ready to play it. But, like, take your time. It's okay. Also, Vice City rules. Yes. What? Take their time? Take their time. They're taking their time. Oh my god. GTA every time I see something from GTA five, I'm just like, enough. Enough. Yep. Hey. But I, I, I also agree with Christian, take your time. I don't want anybody to be crunching or anything like that. But at the same time, holy moly, it's time to see something Whoa. from GTA six. So I'm I'm excited that we're getting a little bit of tidbits. And at the now, same time. And at the same time, we're literally getting another remaster of GTA 5 yes. this fall. Yes. Why? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh. I, 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 think, uh, I think they actually mentioned that that is part of the reason why it's taking so long is that uh, yeah. Rockstar is taking an active anti-crunch stance because not just with Red Dead 2, they've had a really bad history with like some of the most intense crunch in the industry like red dead one especially that was the one that had the the uh the wives of some of the developers and the partners like writing letters to rockstar saying like this is destroying our 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 lives at home so uh yeah i'm glad to see them take their time uh i'm definitely ready for some gta 6 because like ro was saying i am Every time i see that rockstar logo pop up and then it's gta 5 again i'm like this was 2013. This was a. This came out on 360. This came out on 360. Yeah. It's time for something else. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, guys, today is a very special day. Today is Bungie Day. Bungie's 30th. Hell yeah. 30th anniversary. Uh, insane that we've made it to 30. And uh, also along with that, they announced that there's an August 24th showcase that they are going to show off the Witch Queen expansion for Destiny 2. Very, very excited for that, everyone. Uh, Especially Roro is very excited, I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) So we'll talk about it here with the topic of the show as well, but this news also, the 30th anniversary of Bungie, like i was so excited yesterday and then this like this afternoon i was so defeated because i was like they didn't even have anything like there was there was a couple of new shirts that they had on the store and i was like give me some new swag give me all this 30th anniversary goodness and they had like virtually nothing and i was like oh this is disappointing i'm so sad so i'm sad for you yeah <laughs> Very sad. I, I was I was also pretty bummed too. Yeah. Sorry, Christian. 
I, I just wanted to say that they usually do like a Vidoc, uh, mm. like a video documentary for like Destiny on their Bungie day, kind of teasing us mm. as to what's to come or what we've been working on. I understand with COVID, they may not want to be doing that right now. And they do have the August 24th event, so they're going to show us something soon. But yeah, it was it was a little bit lacking this year, which is which is fine. It's just like a celebratory day for the company. Yeah. But I always, you know, expect some fun stuff. I think the biggest thing that Destiny players were excited about was like a freaking emblem <laughs> to to redeem, yeah. which is which I do enjoy. I always love a, a new emblem. But yeah, I agree. It wasn't wasn't as festive as past Bungie days. I mean, especially for a thirtieth, like thirtieth. Yeah, do something yeah, cool. That's huge. Like, mm-hmm. do they uh, on their on their on their merch site? Do they have an, a license a licensing agreement? Are they do they make like Halo like stuff with Bungie? Know. Like do they with a Halo symbol or anything like no. that? Or are they not allowed to? No, okay. no, 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 no. They don't. I was have curious any, about that. Yeah, they don't have anything Halo on their store. But they uh, like their twentieth anniversary. They uh, obviously that was you know right after Halo Reach came out. And they had so much cool stuff on there. They had like a swag bag that they sold that was in limited numbers because like I got one and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. And they literally packaged up stuff that they had around the studio that they just had like left over into this bag that was like a 20th anniversary swag bag. And like they put in in mine, they put in like a, a copy of Myth, like the big box PC box of Myth, which was really cool. Uh, they threw in That's some awesome. Halo, yeah, they threw in some like Halo Three figures, uh, the little figures in the plastic. I thought that was super cool, and they didn't do anything like that this year, so I was a little disappointed for sure. But I don't know. Um, just oop. like Nintendo, just ignoring uh, Zelda's twenty fifth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're exactly right, Christian. Uh, Moving on, guys. Assassin's Creed Infinity is a new live service platform that Ubisoft just decided to randomly announce today. Uh, And they are working on uh, this project for the future of the franchise. So apparently, uh, according to Bloomberg, this is from... uh, they're working on this live service platform that is going to be an evolving platform with multiple settings. Games are connected, but feel and look different. And uh, they say they're very inspired by Fortnite or GTA Online, which I'm not really sure I understand that comparison for Assassin's Creed. But uh, Quebec and Montreal are working together on this. I don't know... I guess I have to see what this ends up turning out to be because they just announced that Valhalla is getting a bunch more content not that long ago, I believe at their E3 uh, event that they had. And basically we were like, yeah, we got a lot more support for that coming. But I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. It's almost like they're making an Assassin's Creed game to end all Assassin's Creed games. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, And maybe that's a good thing, but maybe it's not. what, what were your guys' initial reactions to this? Yeah, it's almost like they want to have it... I akin I, I it in my head to something more um, like Destiny or the or the Hitman when that was episodic. Maybe have like seasonal drops content. I mean, they're already kind of doing that with Valhalla with the like numerous updates that game is getting. Um, yeah, I guess the Fortnite comparison is a, is a bit weirder. I think feel like the, the seasonal content is a lot easier to do in, in a Battle Royale, not so much in like narrative content. Um, maybe I do need to see what, it, what the like what that actually looks like. It's hard to kind of wrap my mind around it. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I think this is this is the direction the boat's been heading for a long time when it comes to Ubisoft. I mean, they were one of the first big publishers to start putting, you know, XP boosters into single player games and like, you know, currencies and diff- different levels of currencies in, in games that normally you'd find in a mobile game, but now it's in Ghost Recon. So I don't know. I don't know if it's good or bad. I just think that this is this was going to happen sooner or later with Ubisoft there. They're very um, monetization heavy in their games, and this is a great way to do that with a live service game. Like that's the end all be all of monetization, right? So, yep. yeah, we'll see. I'm a bit upsetting. It's a bit upsetting that we're not getting a, a classical single player story, but we'll have to wait and see what it ends up looking like. For sure, bro. I, I believe like we did a story about this a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure how long ago it was, but they did. They like Jay was saying. They did say that they are going to stop the the single-player AAA games, if I'm not res- mistaken. Not stop, but, like, slow down production yep. on those types of things and focus more on, on live service and free-to-play. So, yeah, it, it seems like that may be <laughs> the case rather sooner rather than, than later, I guess. Um, funny enough, this is probably something that would get me to play an Assassin's Creed game. Really? I see a lot of people on the Twitter live feeds and stuff like that saying, that this is bad for the series, and I'm pretty sure I I would agree if I were an Assassin's Creed fan, but I'm not. So this may be something that can maybe spice it up a bit for me, as being someone who likes Destiny and those types of games. So maybe this is a, a gateway into the series for me. But I definitely understand everybody's like hesitation with it, because it, it is so different for a single-player game to just go live, live service all of a sudden. So... Yeah, I definitely understand the complaints that, that I've seen. You know what, guys? Let's just pitch a you know live service Splinter Cell game. You know, I mean, oh. why not? Take what this, we can get at this point. This, I would take yeah. it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> this this is this is the joke. I, this is well, it's, it's a joke, but it's also not a joke. This is what I've been saying. The reason why we haven't seen Splinter Cell is because it's Ubisoft is struggling to turn it into an open world looter shooter with RPG elements. You know, it's tough to make Splinter Cell into that. So, yeah, fuck's sakes, we'll see. <laughs> I hate that you're probably right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hate that I'm probably right. That's awful. Oh. Uh, moving on, guys. Ripple Effect Studios. Uh, they were previously named Dice LA, and uh, obviously they were basically tasked with renaming themselves. And uh, they will now report to Respawn's uh, CEO uh, Vince Impella, which is always a good sign because Respawn is freaking killing it. And mm. to all the hackers that destroyed Apex Legends on the Fourth of July, fuck you. Like, yep. making people come in to work because uh, that's just such a toxic thing to do for... Mm, yeah. Don't like it. Uh, but anyways, uh, Ripple Effect Studios is currently working on a player-inspired experience for Battlefield 2042 and is starting work on a new unannounced project. So the the part about the player-inspired experience for battlefield 2042 i'm not sure if that means like just like some kind of like app tie-in like mobile tie-in or something or if that means like a full-fledged mode in battlefield 2042 like maybe the mode that they haven't announced yet that's going to be announced at ea play here in a couple weeks and uh, we have heard rumors about uh old battlefield maps returning um to battlefield 2042 uh in that sandbox so maybe they're the ones working on that possibly um i don't know what do you christian what no 
no idea what a player experience player inspired experience even means no but uh, i i would hope it'd be some kind of in-game like maybe single player type content a little bit bit narrative focused even if it's come some kind of a short experience to kind of set the theme get set the mood for what the multiplayer aspect is do want to give a shout out to whoever designed the logo for ripple effect because my god that is a cool looking logo yes yes um, I, I do, tr- I do try and keep tabs of the, the, the leaks, the industry insiders and, and who's reputable and who's not. So I will just point out that, um, uh, Tom Henderson, who, who's, uh, who, um, was talking with GTA six earlier and, and other places corroborated him. He also accurately leaked like all of the battlefield 2042 information months ahead of any sort of reveal. And, uh, according to him, he is saying that, uh, it is, it is the battle hub rumor that's going around. It is a sort of. Uh, it's a separate install, allegedly. Uh, but like I said, this guy's got a track record now. Uh, it's a separate install, and it does it takes old maps, brings them to the new engine, to the new Oof. game, and uh, some yes. of the maps, some of the maps will be beefed up to support 128. Some will only support 64, something like that. But uh, yeah, if, if, I, I haven't spoken to you guys a whole lot. I don't know if I don't know if there's any huge Battlefield guys here, but like playing Caspian Border in like Battlefield yes. 2042, like let's fucking yeah. go, boys. That sounds awesome. Yes. Yes, I, I want think, this game already so bad. I know. Oh, I want it so bad. <laughs> I think all of us are huge Battlefield fans, and we just need to get Roro on board. Yes. Yeah, I, I haven't been a Battlefield fan until I saw the trailer for 2042, and now I'm a fan. <laughs> well, how could you not be, man? The soundtrack, yeah. that, that trailer, that oh. reveal trailer was awesome. People were giving them shit because it wasn't gameplay. That was one of the best reveal trailers I've seen. Just the yeah. vibe and the tone was awesome. Yeah. And the fan callback to the the moment that the dude yeah. ejected from his jet. jet. Yeah, I I saw a video of him reacting to it recently. Like he's a, a Russian streamer now. Yeah, and he was like, it was so wholesome, so oh. wholesome. That like that's the thing. That was a cinematic. They animated that. They took yeah. the time to like that is such a love letter to the fans. You don't see that in any like very rarely. Like Call of Duty is never gonna you know do something like that. So that was just so like you said, Rogue. That was so wholesome that. That honestly made me so happy. Like that, yeah, that reveal trailer. I I can go on and on. But I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, guys, the final news story. There's a new RoboCop game coming from the team that made Terminator Resistance. Uh, so apparently this new RoboCop game uh, is set for release on PC and currently unannounced consoles. Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, sometime in 2023, uh, and it's from the work of the developer Taeon, which is the studio uh, responsible for the critically savaged Terminator Resistance and Rambo the video game. Oh, no. And will feature mm-hmm. an original story based on the events of the first three RoboCop films. Uh, on paper, sounds good, but uh, I think the issue is going to be the track record of this studio, guys. <laughs> I was gonna say on paper, you think it sounds good? Like I what think you it just sounds, said? I don't know. It just I don't know. It sounds different. Robocop. I don't know. <laughs> I don't could know. be promising. Could be promising. Uh, yes. But if, if you I watch need- the uh, the cinematic, like uh, I, I like the I like the the tone they're going for. So I, I'm I'll maybe check it out. Yeah, if anything, this will hold a spot in my heart as the quickest hype cycle I've ever had from literally two hours before the show be seeing, oh, they're making a Robocop game to the pre-show where Dan looks it up and says, oh, it's the guys that made Terminator Resistance. <laughs> just <laughs> skyrocketed and then just pitfall. Mm-hmm. No bueno. 
No bueno. No bueno. Uh, guys, let's go into the games we are playing. I'm still playing Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I got quite a few more hours into it. And yes, I've played as Rivet now, Christian. Uh, there we go. Yes, I am enjoying it a lot. Uh, and actually, as I've gone on, I've enjoyed it a lot more as well. Uh, the Rivet stuff is really great. And I love I love how Rivet is with... Uh, I don't know if this is spoilers. I guess I shouldn't say it. But I love the character that Rivet's with and then the character that Ratchet's with. I love that contrast. I yes. think it's really cool. Um, and, uh, I, I did want to mention that Insomniac just released a new mode, uh, like visual mode for the game where you can turn on 120 Hertz if you have a 120 Hertz capable display and you turn that on and the fidelity mode allows you to play up to 40 frames per second, which is freaking weird. Like you don't hear that often, uh, 40 frames per second instead of like 30 or 60, but it actually makes a huge difference. And the reason is the, the 120 Hertz mode, essentially your movement. So like your controls are, uh, sent to the screen into the game at 120 Hertz, but the game is displaying at 40 frames per second now instead of 30. And it feels so crisp that I don't even want I don't even want to turn on performance mode because I'm like man the, I get the benefits of the the amazing visual fidelity with ray tracing and the performance is really good it feels really good so like man I love this new mode that they have out for it so uh I just, That's actually really impressive yes. um just you you explain that like uh using the 120 hertz input right yes. to to reduce the lag to cut down on all that but yeah. still keeping the frame rate low so you can have that high fidelity i did not know they did that yeah. and not a lot of games do that that is actually really uh, i like that a lot i like that a lot yeah, i didn't even think it was possible to be honest <laughs> no no yeah. yeah yeah it's crazy it is really crazy and the it, and originally fidelity mode was at 30 frames per second so they even bumped it up to 40 frames per second uh i guess from more optimizations they've been doing so very cool uh and have I've, you noticed any sorry to cut you off have no, you noticed any screen tearing or anything like that like no. with the 40 no yeah because wow. that's the only issue yeah. with those off numbers is that sometimes you'll get the screen tear but and that's the, really that's even more impressive the reasoning is uh when you have 120 hertz uh on it has to support uh via vrr variable refresh rate yep so right. it matches your your screen uh refresh rate so that's why you don't get screen tearing um, but yes, it's fantastic. Uh, I've also jumped back a little bit into Mass Effect, uh, but I kind of I played it for like an hour and I was like, I'm not feeling this right now, even though I love Mass Effect. The, it's just, yeah, I wasn't feeling it. But uh, yeah. yeah, what are you guys playing? I can go first. Don't I can go first. I can go first. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for someone else to go first. I just got back from a, a small uh, get together with my family. So I, I w- wasn't playing games until last night. I dropped by and started playing some Sekiro, which was tons of fun to get back into it. Still got it. Beat a, beat a boss that was giving me trouble before I went on like this little 4th of July break. And uh, yeah, almost threw up. It was, it was very hot in my room. I was getting sweaty. But uh, we, we managed to get the boss down. So very cool. That's all I've been playing. Um, I have been playing uh, Chicory, a Car- colorful tale on nice. PC right now. So that's the well, it's a PlayStation indie. Like they try to brand it as their indie, but it's it's on PC as well. Um, and it's really good. Uh, I'm enjoying it so far. It it has some really cool 
uh, it's very calm because you're like painting the world as you're going through, but it deals with some pretty cool uh, messages, has some deals with some pretty cool topics, I should say. Um, and I, the one, well, I, I don't want to spoil it, but there's definitely some unexpected moments within it. Even though it looks so cheery and like calm, there's definitely some, you know, stuff that you wouldn't expect from from just watching the trailer. And uh, yeah, I've I've seen it on people's game of the year lists now as well. Uh, I definitely wouldn't disagree with it. It's been really fun so far. Um, but yeah, definitely would suggest checking that out, putting that on people's radars for sure. What did you and, What did you say the game yeah. was called? Sorry. Uh, Chicory, a colorful tale. Okay. Yeah. Just look that up. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it so far. I've been wanting to check this game out for like two weeks, and everyone now who's checked it out is like, "Yeah, this is definitely <laughs> a game of the year contender." I'm like, "Okay, I'll do it." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, just, it's like it, it deals with imposter syndrome. It's like it's really cool dialogue yeah. stuff that like just you know hits you in the feels sometimes. Um, and of course, playing some Destiny as well. Um, I've actually been playing with Gage some some Destiny stuff. Yes, yeah. yes, he's pulled me back into that deep dark well that is Destiny. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but that's what I've been playing. Nice. Um, yeah, I've 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 been playing. So I, yeah, uh, spoiler alert: I've been playing a little bit of Destiny with uh, with Rishan, and he's been reintroducing me to to all the mechanics. And there's a lot more than the last time I played. Um, but more recently, uh, just this past weekend, I was finally convinced to give Escape from Tarkov a go, and uh, that that is uh, yeah, it's becoming a problem uh, in my life. It's it's, <laughs> it's it's throwing my balance all out of sorts. It's uh, it's really it's a niche game for sure. It's mm-hmm. uh, I, I used a, ca- a comparison before, but it's definitely like the Dark Souls of first person shooters. It's not for everyone. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like a, it's like a roguelite battle royale where you have a, a main character that you're, you're going into these raids and, uh, you're trying to find gear. There's player enemies, there's, uh, AI enemies, and then you find gear, you extract, and then you build up your stash and make money and all that stuff. So, um, pretty good stuff. I will say that the audio design in this game is actually, um, I would I would go as far as to say industry leading. It's wow. really impressive what they've done with the audio. Uh, whatever sound effects you hear that your character makes is what is generated in the world. So mm-hmm. if you're walking over loose bricks, it's going to make a loud noise and you and people will hear it. If you walk past a bush, it's going to scrape on your jacket. That's going to trigger a sound effect. And the audio is yeah. Uh, I have friend. I'm I'm just getting into it, but I have friends who will hear a gunshot and go, "Oh, that's a that's a bolt action rifle. And it's about 300 meters away." And I'm like. <laughs> Yep. That's it's nuts that they put that much detail that there is a difference that if you play the game long enough, you will learn these things. So, um, yeah, really intense game, really niche, but it's 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 uh, it's dragging me in a little bit. It's uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Very poorly optimized, though. You need it. You need a really good rig to run. It. I've got I've got what I thought was a pretty decent rig and I'm I'm playing in ratchet and playing fidelity mode all the time. I'm getting 40 frames per second. Nice. <laughs> Uh, my question is: Is uh, have you escaped from Tarkov yet? I have sometimes. I have oh, an issue okay. where if there's games where there's a risk reward feature, I have this issue where I get greedy and I push it to the limit. And I have, oh. I'm like, I have a full backpack. I should probably leave right now, but I could probably get one more. I really try, and then I die, and then that's it. I love how I was joking about that, but it's actually a mechanic in the game to escape from Tarkov. That's yeah. literally every, the goal. Every, yeah. Yeah. All right. Time for another scav run. Let's go get three <laughs> water bottles and, and run back. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, moving into the topic of the show, guys, the new Nintendo Switch OLED, OLED, OLED <laughs> model has finally been announced, guys. It is, it's all of our hopes and dreams, and here it is, and uh, here was, here's what we got. Uh, Nintendo Switch, a bigger screen, enhanced audio, but none of the rumored performance improvements from IGN. Uh, apparently, it is retailing at three forty nine ninety nine and will release on October eighth. Uh, okay, all right, Nintendo. Um, so essentially, all of the improvements that we were reading about, like the better Nvidia chip and you know the graphic improvements to the dock, uh, the four K you know transfer from the dock instead of you know the ten eighty p dock that it currently is. None of that's happening. I'm a little disappointed, uh, but I guess we can first start out with our thoughts on, I guess, the overall breakdown and kind of our thoughts on the the price and value of it. Do you guys think that this is worth 350? Because isn't I think the normal switch is 300, right? Am I right on that? Mm-hmm. Okay, I remember correctly. Yeah, so, fifty dollars more. So, do you guys think that this model is worth the 350? That's a hard question to answer, and it, it's going to depend on how you play your current Switch. Mm-hmm. If you're mostly playing handheld mode, um, and you're looking to play something that's a slightly bigger screen with a better screen, then this is something you might want to be interested in. If you're mostly playing dock like I do, I no, I, I, I'm not sure if it'd be worth spending $350 on. Especially, I mean, yeah, again, especially if you're playing dock mostly, no. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the really that's the huge issue with this is that the whole the whole point of the switch. I was gonna say gimmick, but it's not a gimmick. I mean, it works. But the whole point of the switch is that you can play it. It's designed to work. You know, fifty percent of the time handheld, fifty percent of the time dock. You can do both. But this upgrade only affects handheld. Like, and I was gonna say performance, but that's not even the right word either. Like, it only affects uh, uh, handheld visuals. And um, I know I haven't gotten into Breath of Wild yet, but I know a lot of people were saying that like even that game, which is the premier Switch title, it struggles to run 30 sometimes. So I was extremely disappointed to see that there was no performance upgrade. And it seems it it's it's weird. I don't I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what they were thinking that they uh, put it, they put this all the way through R&D, uh, you know, marketing signed off of it, all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, we're going to we're going to do this. We're going to release a new Switch that has. Pretty well a new screen, uh, a LAN port on the dock in case you want to hardwire your Switch, which is a weird concept to me, but yeah, uh, yeah I it's yeah, I don't know. It's Nintendo, I can tell you that. It's very on brand. It's uh <laughs> But even but see, even they get me because it's white and black and I think that looks sexy as you know what I mean? So like even even I'm struggling with it now where I'm like, Oh, that looks really nice, but yeah. No, it's uh not for me. I I, I yeah, not for me. Bro bro. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm somebody who plays mainly handheld. So this mm. is definitely something that, like the, the OLED screen, the, the, the uh, less bezel, like it, it's a bigger screen. I like that. Not by a large margin, but it's it's bigger. Um, the the kickstand in the back, not that I use that very much. But there's there's definitely a lot of things missing that, like I understand the 4K and all those things that we were hoping for, but simple things like Bluetooth, audio for your right like, and, yeah. and just just like putting like the battery life as well i think it's it's the battery is supposed to be as good as the 
not the light, but the the replaced version of the base yes. switch. Yep. <laughs> so it's not. So I have a day one switch. So I I already would be getting an upgrade if I were to get the OLED model or even the one that they replaced it with. So that's already a plus for me. But yeah, as as everybody's saying, it's like it's it's just weird that there's certain things missing. Yeah. Um, and it, with all the things that they that we expected to see. But at the same time, Nintendo never said that they were making a pro. In fact, they said the opposite. Yeah. But that doesn't really mean anything because they could they they do lie <laughs> a lot, especially when they want to say have a surprise and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it it again, it's very Nintendo. The DS had the original DS had like so many. I think exactly four iterations. So maybe not so many, but the the original DS and the DS Lite, which literally just gave the console a backlight so you could see it better. The DSi had like a, a front camera, yeah. and the DSi XL was a little bit bigger, and like the 3DS did the same thing. So I don't think the Switch is going to stop here. I think we're going to get another iteration down the line. But it, it it does suck that that I don't know. It this seems like something that should replace the Day One Switch to me, not a fifty dollar upgrade. Yeah, right. Agreed. Yeah. I I completely agree with you, Ro, and that's literally. I think that's what I said on the last time, the last podcast, what we all talked about the the switch rumors and such. That I was like of the camp of, well, I think we're probably just gonna get a new Nintendo 3DS like improvement, and that's essentially what we got. I mean, it was not a, a big improvement at all. And actually, I'd probably say the new 3DS actually probably was a bigger upgrade than what this is. Um, mm-hmm. And like I even play it in handheld mode and I feel like it's not a big improvement for me personally. And, uh, and Gage, you, you said you like the white and black design. I hate that, that color mixture. <laughs> oh, it I just love the two tone. I love it. <laughs> like the PS five drives me insane because I'm like, oh, I wish I, it, it. <laughs> I wish it was either all black or all white. I know I hate the two tone color. I just don't like it. It doesn't look, I, ugh. but yeah i do like the joy cons yeah they should probably fix the drift on it first but yeah yeah that's another thing yeah (sighs) yeah it's (laughs) it's so strange and like i I hate to be super negative on nintendo but like really if we're honest with ourselves if any other company did this if xbox was like hey here's a new xbox it's roughly the same size uh it has the exact same power (laughs) and it supports 240 uh hertz now that's the only difference yeah like people and and it's more expensive and it's more expensive like that it's so weird that nintendo like everybody just like everybody just loves nintendo and they get away with it it's so strange to me yeah like in 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 a sense that i want to study it and like know how they're doing it like it's so it's so interesting yeah because it's fifty dollars more american but you know that's like six thousand canadian rubles oh so it's you know, it's about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's like you were mentioning earlier with the cloud stuff. Like, this is going to, for international, uh, you know, markets like, uh, like Canada and Australia, I think we have the same price uh, premium on this stuff. Like, it's, that's going to be like an $80 difference. And it's just OLED. Like, that's, you know, it's, yeah. Um, I think people are allowed to be a little bit disappointed. I don't think mad is the right way to approach this because I think that's probably our own faults with hyping ourselves up with the rumors. True. Oh, but like, sure. when, we, when we consider like, Breath of the Wild sequel trailer just came out and we kind of speculated that it might be running on some kind of newer Switch model. Like I don't know. I'm it's going to look beautiful because of the art style, but we I can't help but worry that that game is going to run chugging at some points and like mm. Nintendo really could have used something to improve some of their first party games in terms of performance. Yeah. Right. If so to kind of round this out 
if there was one thing that you guys would like to to have seen them do for this improvement, what would you say is missing? For I think for me, the most disappointing part is uh, the battery life because yes, they did improve it from the original uh, switch to the the updated switch from 2019. Uh, but I, I still feel like the battery life is not great, especially when you're playing like a high fidelity game, like it runs even harder and, and battery drains quicker. So I do feel like, I feel like that's a pretty big disappointment, uh, personally. Yeah. For me, it's all performance. Sorry. Go go ahead, Gage. No, go ahead. No, you already started. Go ahead. Yeah. For me, for me, it's all performance. Um, there were moments when I was playing Breath of the Wild handheld. Because I, I like it's so comfortable to play like some of these Nintendo games in bed, but it, I just couldn't do it. Like I was getting frameies and it was it was chugging. And it's like I I, I got to play this on TV. So yeah, for me the kind of experience I'm looking for for my Nintendo games, um, a performance update would have would have also infrastructure. Like Nintendo <laughs> Online is just so weird, and I would love them to, <laughs> to double down on that. But do they have a? Do they have party chat yet? I can't. I haven't used my Switch in like six months on the app. On the app, yeah, but not not yeah. on the not on natively. The okay, yeah. Um, I actually wasn't even thinking about battery, but you brought up battery, Dan, and I just gotta yeah. say, like again, the more you think about this, the more it's strange because all of the improvements are for handheld mode, yeah. but there's no upgrade to the battery, which is where that would make the most difference. It's very strange, but I'm I'm in the same boat as Christian. I would have loved to see a performance uh, increase. I I think the rumors were saying that they're actually going to put it on a arm chip, which is one of those system integrated chips systems on a chip. So you can put a lot more graphical horsepower and uh, Ram horsepower by putting them all in the same die as the processor. And you can get a lot more performance out of it. So I would, I, that's what I was expecting. That's what I would have loved to see because not only is that prepping the consumer for future games that are going to be more graphically intensive, but now you can bring up your premier titles, like Christian was saying, and like I've heard from a lot of people, like like Breath of the Wild struggles to run in certain areas, right? So, I, yeah, I was shocked that there was no there was no uh, uh, horsepower increase. Roro, Ro, Ro, what's one thing you yeah. wish? I I think I'm in the same boat where performance would be awesome, like just something that runs the games that I already enjoy playing better, faster. All that stuff, I, I, I don't know. It's something that I would want, but at the same time, something that I, I, I don't really come to expect from Nintendo. Right. But, but that's just because I haven't gotten it from them yet. Like, there's so many things from PlayStation, the Xbox, that in the PS3 area that I wouldn't expect, and now I'm just like, yeah, that's that's what Xbox and PlayStation do. But Xbox, but Nintendo just hasn't really ever given me that, so I don't expect it. But I should like they they are one of the big three, if not second place right now in this whole console war thing. If it even is a thing anymore, we should expect a bit more and kind of pull them to that higher standard. But I I go back to what Christian was saying, or I think Gage was saying this, actually, where we kind of give them a pass on certain things. Yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm completely the problem because I, I have all these complaints, um, but at the same time, like this is perfect for the type of gameplay that I I I, I love for my Switch. I just want a bigger screen and, and a better battery life than what I have, and I will pay the extra fifty dollars, even though I'm telling myself it's it's anti-consumer of me to participate in this. Like, no, this is this is exactly what I want. So I understand that I'm the problem, and I think me saying that I'm angry about it is is true. But yeah, they 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 keep getting away with it because i keep letting them get, get away with it 
But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ex- I still think that we're going to get a new Switch model in the future, but it just sucks that this is what we have now, which means that is probably going to get pushed. That's so much more in the future now than we thought, even though we thought it might have been around the corner. It's even further away now, so that's a bit of a bummer. Very much so. Bro, to your point, on Twitter, I was very openly like disappointed about it, but at the same mm-hmm. time, when I saw it, I was like, man, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe would look gorgeous look so on this great. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think we're all in agreement that OLED is fantastic. It just sucks that that's the yeah. only upgrade, right? Like, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. OLED on a handheld Switch, like, that is going to look crisp. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And also, I will say, like, like to your point, Christian, when you were saying, like, oh, you know, it's, it's kind of like our fault for getting super hyped up on it. I will say I'm a console. I, well, I'm a PC guy, but I'm a PC console guy. I, I don't have the experience with Nintendo. So by all means, I might be more disappointed than the average Nintendo player because they might be like, hey, this is, you know, all I was looking for. But um, I'm definitely I'm definitely coming at it with that experience of like, oh, you know, what does an Xbox upgrade look like? The Series X or not the Series X, sorry, the One X compared to the One. Like, you know, that's what I think of for the sort of intergeneration upgrades. So for me, it takes me back a little bit more than most when I see the Nintendo stuff. I'm like, wait, what? Just an OLED? But yeah, for some people that might that might be all they need, right? So by all means. For sure. Um all right. Uh that was a good talk, everyone. Uh do you guys have anything else you guys want to add before we close out the show? And Gage, feel free to plug your podcast as well if you want to do that. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I host a, a gaming news podcast as well. It's very similar to this. Uh, it's called Men and Gitch. We're on Spotify and Google Podcasts, and it's it's a very similar formula to this, except a lot more chaotic. <laughs> we talk about the weather a lot, more than we should. Um, and uh, yeah, no, closing comments. Uh, go watch the Battlefield 2042 reveal trailer again, because you mm. deserve it, and it's fucking fantastic. Dude, I was I was pulling that up as well. Yeah, I want to watch it again. I'm going to right now. Yeah, as soon as we're done. As soon as we're done. <laughs> Everyone's homework. Watch the Battlefield 2042 trailer. <laughs> All right. Uh, if there's nothing else, guys, uh, thank you again to everyone joining us both live on YouTube and on Twitch, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, Roro. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Gage. I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love, and keep on gaming. See you.